Hello. Are you glad to hear a little extreme music? Are you ready to hear about extreme music? Alrighty. So I'll start out by asking uh, you guys to introduce yourself. Start here. Hi, it's Othello from Sun Mayhem. Aaron from Sun. Stephen O'Malley from Sun. Aaron from ISIS. Gretel Chelson, Enslaved. Ivar from Enslaved. Yeah! <laughs> Come on. So the whole idea about this is for these guys to, to do the talking. Well, then we'll find out if, if there's anything relevant going on, then sure, you guys can join in. But these guys will do the talk, and uh, Eva and Godel from Enslaved have prepared some questions so we can get the ball rolling. So go ahead. I'm going to start off uh, real nice and cozy. Aaron, how do you feel about uh, the gig today? Um, I don't know. I mean, it was our first show on a tour and uh, one of the first really big festival shows we've ever done. So it was a little bit nerve-wracking getting rushed onto stage. And, you know, you need the, uh, a good vibe to, to really feel it, I guess. And it took us a while to get there. But overall, I think it went pretty well considering we were playing heavy metal in the daylight. Fuck yeah! <laughs> yeah! yeah! I've got to ask you the same question, Stephen. How was the show today? This is definitely the first time we've played in the daylight and outdoors, which is uh, two very strange things for our music. But uh, considering the uh, environment and the people uh, people witnessing what we're doing, I think it was pretty successful, actually. We cleared half the crowd, but still had a pretty large crowd for our type of music, so not bad. Well done. <laughs> How about you, Ivar? Oh, we're happy. We got the four, yeah, two thirty spot, and uh, the tent was crowded more or less. It was good. Uh, of course, we would have wished to had it like a darker spot to brought along the the video thing and everything, but uh, it was good. What do you say, Chief? Very good. Excellent. <laughs> Hey, Grudel, uh, how do you get the crowd to do this kind of thing the whole time? You had you like you a thousand people going, doing that. Well, uh, I'm never satisfied with the audience. I'm always trying to get the audience to fucking headbang and fucking uh, show their arms, show the horns and stuff like that. Um, I think they kind of uh, gained my satisfaction tonight, actually. Yeah, it's good. Language, man, language. Uh, okay, I don't know if uh, this is a stupid question, but I have to ask about the whole panopticon uh, concept thing. Would you say that you're describing in your in your album, you know, this this prison invention thing and the panopticon? Is that aesthetics, or would you consider it, or would you say that it's an actual comment on what's going on today? Uh, it's it's a little bit of both. I mean, it's a subject that relates to a lot of things I've been interested in my entire life, but it seems particularly relevant now. I mean, especially living in America, 
post 9-11, there's a really heightened degree of paranoia on, you know, the part of the entire citizenry. I mean, the Patriot Act doesn't make anybody feel any safer. It just makes everybody's lives feel less private and more invaded. And um, one of the things I got really interested in was just the uh, comparison or the idea that the internet, in a way, has become a modern-day panopticon. People are letting their private information into a very public forum, and they're not really sure who's compiling it and you know um, trying to dissect it. And, and um, I don't know. It's a, it's a scary thought. Technology has opened up communication in a lot of ways, but it's also opened us up to a, a whole new terrifying realm. So maybe it's actually better you take it off. Okay. Uh, a question for uh, Mr. O'Malley. Uh, with Sono, with your extreme levels of, of sound, do you have any particular, let's say, goal or aim with this? Is there something more than just, you know, the showbiz side of things? with using these extreme levels of, of, uh, of sound. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, to create a physical environment and move uh, our music into more sensory experience than just the uh, ears and the, and the, and the vision. And, uh, you know, when it, when it comes into the touch realm, I think it, it, it causes a physiological effect that, that your, your body will remember as well. And uh, that experience can be uh, very different in a performing aspect because you go to a you go to a club, you see someone on a stage. You know it's theater basically. It's based off old theater, but you uh, usually limit it to your uh, interpretation intellectually, your through sight and through your ears. But to add the um, uh, body element into it, I think can uh, create a more powerful reaction and actually interested in involving other senses in there but uh, there's not really practical ways to go into scent you know I mean on stage there's certainly that but uh, you know that these uh, evolving other um, um, uh, you know, interpreters to the audience I think creates a um, more involved experience that's primarily why we play loud. It's not to be the loudest band or whatever. It's to, to you know, with volume and uh, energy, you can, especially with low tones, it really takes a lot of energy to create the, uh, the physical wave movement in the air and sound pressure and, and air pressure too. And, and sort of give it, you know, a curdling vibe, or and also in a space to create other pockets of sound that exist on their own as a result of interfering waveforms, which is which is another aspect of our our music that is really valuable. Okay, uh, we are three very different bands. Uh, we've for some reason put on the same stage together, um, maybe because of. Um, uh, none of the bands kind of uh, fit into a certain genre. Uh, I just want to ask uh, both Sana and Isis, uh, 
if you think uh, if you think we have something in common uh, the one thing I think we have in common uh, specifically is not our music but it's the um, pushing our the it's almost a very cliche comment but it's it's the truth it's very simple it's, uh, we've always been pushing our sound and and trying to you know incorporate new ideas and uh, move things further on for ourselves uh, to create new experience for our own music I think uh, I mean like you said our music is pretty different in a lot of ways but I think all three bands are really representative of different strains of the evolution of metal in general I mean it's all you know coming from the same place and the same origins but they're different mutations and I mean, Sun is the most obvious representation of this, but I find that the drone is something that's really apparent in all three bands, and I find that that's a more primal, almost ritualistic way of playing music, and I think that, you know, that can be felt throughout all three bands as well. Uh, another question for, uh, for Aaron. What do you wish? What, what are your wishes for people to feel during an ISIS concert or an ISIS album, for that sake? Uh, I don't think it's anything really specific. I mean, I think our music is pretty wide open emotionally. I mean, there's a lot of different dynamics that occur, and to me, I I can't say that I go through really specific emotions when I'm playing music. I for lack of a better word, I come as close to a spiritual state as anything else that I can think of. And it just takes me into a different place, I think. And it's not so much about thinking with the conscious mind as it is just following the music and, and being immersed in it. And I kind of hope the same thing for the audience, that they just allow themselves to drift into that different mind space and, and experience music in a different way rather than, you know, waiting for the chorus or the, the mosh part or whatever. Uh, maybe we should open for uh, questions from uh, the people here. Somebody ask a question? No questions? Uh, actually, I have a question. I'm thinking... Um, what this this particular music you're playing, you're, the vocals play very different parts in the music. What does what does vocals mean to each an individual band? What's the question? <laughs> what does vocals mean to Sun? Because I mean, it's specific. It's very different. I mean, I've seen Sun play without the vocals and now I've seen you with vocals yeah it's the the concept between behind the vocals of some is just tied to build up some structures you know of the moment and uh, get the audience uh, spiritual activity involved into the music and uh, it's a back and forth floating of uh, spiritual vibration. <laughs> so, sound is always involved 
to the audience and uh, we go to Attila. I want to ask you a question to Steve Normally, um, emerging from the uh, extreme metal scene in America. Um, the extreme metal scene uh, used to be quite big in um, America in the beginning of the 90s with uh, bands like uh, Morbid Angel, Obituary, uh, and so on. Uh, but suddenly it's kind of uh, the whole scene kind of died out and it's, uh, it's starting to recover right now. Do you have any thoughts about why it kind of uh, went down? Why it went down? I think, um, uh, well, I, I don't know about why it went down. I think I know about why it's coming up again. I, I think there was a, a, a much larger acceptance between different types of musicians and, and uh, fans of different types of music. And I think a lot of the uh, n newer extreme bands are, are incorporating a lot of different ideas that would never have worked in like 94, except if you were a very specific band, very individual. But I think there's a, a much uh, o more open perspective and acceptance to extreme music. Like I think actually in the US right now, ex extreme music is uh, much bigger than it's ever been before. In the early 90s with the bands you're talking about, like Death and Incubus, and master bands like that, you know, uh, they're uh, that that was the early death metal scene, and, and you know, very important. But it actually led to something that I think it's indirectly enslaved is continuing in Norway, which is uh, progressive extreme music. It seemed to uh, be the same thing with uh, Europe. Uh, I mean, there were like too many death metal bands doing uh, the same thing all over again in, in, the, in the U.S. As, uh, as well as it happened with black metal in Europe uh, in the middle of the 90s. It was like too easy to get a record deal and with too many bands with uh, Corpse Paint. And also, everything just got blown up, you know? So I, f I feel that it was the same thing with death metal in the U.S. a couple of years earlier, actually. Do you agree? Yeah, definitely I do, and it's interesting which bands from that period are still around in the U.S. and in Europe, you know, and who are still making valid music, which is uh, uh, keeps progressing and um, in their own style or you know in their own chemistry, it continues to progress. There, it's, it's interesting who the people who are making music in '93, for example, who's still making music now, and I think that that's a that's a big influence on people who started making music in like 2003 because uh, you realize like there's a, a much bigger acceptance of, of extreme sounds or experimental aspects or you know uh, different things I, I think that in the in the early 90s there's with metal at least there was a you know, very limited uh, perspective which worked for a while but you know had to, it had to go somewhere, you know? So who took it somewhere? I think, too, uh, this, there may be some relation to politics again. I mean, at that time, we were still in the midst of the Reagan-Bush era, which was pretty fucking bleak, and now we've returned to another Bush. And I think at times of extreme duress, when the 
population just feels oppressed, more aggressive music has a tendency to rise at that time, and I think that really might have something to do with it. And also, I mean, in the early 90s, Columbia and Sony did the deal with Earache and brought some of that death metal stuff into the mainstream. And as a result, I think it was kind of a fad for a while. You know, the mainstream saw this freakish strain of music and latched onto it for that reason. And then after the, the hype had passed, it just sort of dissipated. Uh, question for both, uh, both bands. If you were forced to, how would you categorize your music? I don't like to categorize our music. You're actually. forced to, man. I'm forced to? Forced you to. Um, psychedelic music. Nice one. I was going to say the same thing. Oh, psychedelic okay. metal. <laughs> kind of shorter answer than I expected, so I didn't come up with any question. Any questions from here? Yes, please. What about you? It's not Viking music. metal anymore. Uh, psychedelic Viking music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Psychedelic music in a Viking way. <laughs> okay, uh, this is a question for Aaron from ISIS. Um, uh, yeah. Okay, um, do you have any plans on cooperating with uh, Neurosis or Cult of Luna? And also, um, when do we get the lyrics for Panopticon? What was the first part of the question? Um, if you have any plans on cooperating with Neurosis or Cult of Luna? Uh, no. And uh, the lyrics for Panopticon will probably go up in the next five or six months or whenever I feel like it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, you were talking about the uh, evolution of metal, and I was just thinking, do you ever, well, all of you, do you ever think that you might become mainstream at some point, that this will be on the radio for, well, the masses? We love the masses, man. We'd love to be on the radio, but it's not going to happen. Um, I think any band that writes songs that are generally seven to ten minutes long are pretty much shit out of luck these days. Not to mention 30 minutes long. <laughs> Not happening. I want to ask a question to Attila. Um, for many years, uh, me and you, especially you, have been doing this... Um, have this extreme vocal technique uh, and suddenly uh, bands like System of a Down have been uh, uh, using it lately and again uh, enormous popularity and uh, this has become uh, quite normal and accepted. Uh, do you have any thoughts around that? Um. Well, I'm just happy, you know, if uh, I can involve other musicians to this kind of music. It's a fucking new for me that the uh, system of done using our style, but uh, uh, I don't know, music envelope itself, you know, so we just inspire each other. So, uh, 
actually it's for me it's all right uh, uh, I'm going forward myself too <laughs> so looking for new visions so if uh, birds like uh, system of a dumb yeah involved in our style it's it's okay for me I'm happy about that but we go forward I recently saw a band called Blood Brothers who are pretty famous, but I've never heard their music or seen them before. They were opening, or this band Big Business was opening for them. I went to see them. And uh, Blood Brothers uh, played. And I was really surprised at the size of the crowd for the band because they have two vocalists doing stuff in the Napalm Death Scum vibe. And there was... 700 kids who are 15 years old or so just totally into it it really surprised me I mean at first it was kind of disgusting me because their music was so bad but I mean I, I, I kind of tried to find a positive thing in it and uh, it's pretty amazing that uh, that that extreme vocal style can have a bigger audience because when Napalm Death was doing that, they didn't have that kind of crowd. Maybe, maybe later, but I think it's more common. It's it's actually like like a you know extreme styles of vocals are more accepted now in a weird way. It's strange. I, I it seems strange to me, but it's it's pretty cool. You know, I I don't know why that is, but but where are the kids when you need them? <laughs> We're all old men here. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yes, uh, hello. Uh, my name is Arnar. I'm a journalist from Iceland. Um, I appreciate this effort uh, for us uh, coming together and talk about the music we love. But, uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, I've been reading uh, essays and articles about uh, bands like Isis or Isis, like I would like to call them and so no in uh, Wire magazine and people are trying to make heavy metal like some academic stuff you know while it's uh, mainly just rock and roll what do you think about uh, you know people sitting down and trying to talk about heavy metal I just want to say we're smart too <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good that uh, because you know for a lot of people, music and uh, extreme metal or metal or whatever is, is a lifestyle. So what else should you talk about? I think it's a, it's a nice thing to talk about it. I think this but is a great thing. What about these articles like in Wire? They're trying to make the music uh, to something which it probably isn't. What's the problem? What, why is it not that? That's their interpretation as journalists trying to... Uh, you know, interpret through their filter as writers. Uh, people who, you know, may or may not be correct in what they're talking about as far as the musicians are concerned, but they're being affected by the music and they're reacting to it. And I don't see a problem in that at all. I, I really am not for a segregation of, of uh, you know, only these kind of people can listen to our music or only these kind of people can write about our music or 
whatever. I think it's more important. Well, I, I actually think it's, uh, you know, kind of a blessing that it has crossed over and, and affected more people than, like, Sun, the doom metal scene, you know, or whatever, you know. Uh, the Wire writes about Sun. That's great. I don't necessarily agree with what they're saying about our music, but I, I, I'm, I feel privileged that people are actually being affected by it. I think, I mean, music is open to interpretation, and it always should be. And I think anybody that plays mu music, with the exception of a very few people, want as many people as possible to hear what they're doing. I mean, if you're playing out on a stage and you're releasing CDs, you want to share your music with people. And I think, ultimately, that's what is really the most important. And yes, The Wire can over-intellectualize certain aspects of music, but at the same time, I mean, I think a lot of people underrate the intelligence of metal. It's always been considered like this very brutish, knuckle-dragging style of music. And if you really sit down and listen to it and you dissect what the people are doing, it's obvious that that's not the case. I mean, we all put a lot of thought into our music. And beyond that, I mean, going back to what Steven said before, we really are trying to push the envelope of what we're doing. Whether we're succeeding or not is another question, but all three bands are adventurous music. The Wire claims to be a magazine that's about the adventures in music, so there you go. Also, also I think it's very, um, uh, it's very obvious when a, a musician or a band is passionate about what they're doing, no matter what they're doing, and that comes across, and people who really love true music will relate to that, and whether or not they like the music that's happening, they'll appreciate the fact that it's happening with passion and integrity. Any more questions? No questions about colored vinyl. <laughs> Is this Any vinyl questions? Yeah, I have uh, one question. Um, I just want to like to know uh, if we if we look apart uh, beyond the, the lyrics, do you think that uh, music? Uh, do you think that music in itself does it uh, does it speak about good or evil? Does it does it uh, does music in itself does it have meaning? I mean. Um, I mean, what is music about? Is it, uh, I mean, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, maybe it's, just, uh, it's a bit hard for me to phrase this question, but uh, I just have this thought that uh, maybe music is, uh, it's really not about meaning, it's not about uh, good or evil, it's about, uh, well, you talked about uh, spiritual, you know, some, some kind of thing, you know? I mean, well, what is it about? Is it, does music I, don't, I don't think you can say what it's about. I mean, you can't write a riff about something. I mean, you just can't. Um, I don't know. I mean, I really think it's all about the individual. I mean, I think even within one band, for instance, everybody feels differently about the music, and they have different reasons for doing it. I mean, I know everybody in my band is on the same page to a certain degree, but I know we also get completely different things out of the music, and 
we have different interpretations of it. And um, I don't know, I think it's really an individualistic thing. I just want to add something here from the corner. For us, music is pretty simply a gateway or a door. You know, all day you, you go around and, and live. And music is, is simply just a doorway to get out of that. If your life is great or if your life is shit, you know, it's something different, basically. You can go to a concert or you can listen to an album for an hour or two. You're going somewhere, somewhere else, basically. Would it be possible to lower the sound over there? Yeah, if, if you had the choice, do you want to be more commercial or do you want to say, I mean, small? Are you... No, it's the eternal question of being underground or not. It's, uh, we want to write the music we want to do. And Our if music the label... is about... Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Stereo! Yeah, about our music is about spiritual energies, you know, and uh, making uh, sexual intercourse. There's some forces behind, and uh, this is just like a down trip to turn of the world, and just if you can feel. You will feel it's a down trip to the underworld. You just eliminate these energies from them, down, you know. So, all about fucking and perversity. So, you should feel that. Well, st staying underground or not is a question of attitude. Uh, I mean, uh, you're still underground if you are producing your own albums. Uh, if you're commercial, you get uh, the record company or the producer is doing uh, setting the rules. If you are doing a, you know a production yourself and not obeying uh, the audience or the markets, you know the the companies. You're still underground, so I mean, uh, in my, in my point of view, in our point of view, it's like uh, Iron Maiden is still underground. Forever underground, great album. I still Vital remains. I don't think it's a matter of being underground or overground. It's just a matter of what reasons you have for playing music. Now that's the underground. That's the best answer you can have. <laughs> Thank you. Feedback, please. Feedback. No more questions? Thanks a lot for coming out. Stay grim. Don't cut your hair. To the elder ruins again. The wind whispers. Big round of eels. I guess we're leaving. <laughs>